A thought occurred to me today, Spencer. Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Yeah, boy. I realize I think you might have something on me in the writing world business, something or other. In the writing? You've done something that I don't think I have done. Oh, yeah? I was thinking, and I cannot for the life of me remember writing a pistolary story. Okay. And I'm pretty sure you have, your, your whole story is not a pistolary, but like half of it is. Okay. I guess that counts, you know, like a, written in like a letter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like how Dracula was. Okay, so yeah. So I'm just thinking, did I ever write a story like that? I think I've messed around, maybe I never completed one that I know of. All right, yeah, yeah. What are you thinking the one, because uh, the one that, that I can think of just off the top of my head that was that was kind of like it is the the one with like the manager and then and the note. Yeah. And the yeah, the, okay. Yeah, cuz I think like the second half of the story was all just note. Yeah, or, like, something. Letter or something. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Also, uh I think it would be fun to write a whole story like a 10,000 word story in letters and documents and stuff like that. Now, the question is, do you if you choose to do that, do you have to set that story in a certain time period? No. You could do emails. You can, I don't know, text message. That'd be the modern version, text message story. Oh, my God. I'm sure people have already uh, attempted that. Yeah, because that's like how all those stories were pretty much written, you know, back in the day, right? That was like the basic. It was popular for a while, especially around Dracula. Uh, the time uh, that was published, I think I remember a lot of the stories we looked. Because it was Frankenstein in a pistolary story as well. I don't it's I think like, it was. Somebody was telling it. It's I, like it's not like, letters, but somebody was telling the story, it's right? It's like three degrees because it's like a guy telling a story of a letter that he wrote from a guy that told him. Yeah. Like, yeah, from what I remember that was weird. I, I tried to put that on my mind. Yeah, so I think that'd be a cool cool way to go. Something about like more not experimental stories, but just different ways of telling stories for like maybe some submissions I want to do in the future. I something to stand out. Mm-hmm. Cuz I don't read too many like epistolary stories anymore. Like you don't see too many stories now that are set in letters. Well, like I said, I think just because of like with like the just like the modern times and I don't I don't think it would work as well like if you tried to switch them from just like letters but I feel to like, like to like emails like you know what I mean? But I feel like you're thinking too small though, sir. Think about somebody that writes a story that's Kind of like, uh, what was the name of that comic we did for the last book club, where they were all in that mansion? Oh, uh, nice house on the uh, lo- nice house on the lake. Yeah, so that that had a lot of pages where it was like chats. Yeah. Well, think about how you could do that in a story. You can have uh, online chats, tweets, which you probably have to call it something else, but tweets, you know, social media posts like on Facebook, Instagram. You can have a whole story told just from those different things. And you could probably do the formatting like that. So, Because I've seen books where they have text messages now and it shows like a picture mm-hmm. like in the text of a text message. That's what it looks like. I just, I think that'd be like an interesting thing to read. Again, like... I, Not, I, I don't know if it'd be good, but... I think like like dialogue and people talking, it works, but I feel like it would still be hard to like tell a story in text. Like I'm yeah. gonna like, like if I'm texting you, like in a text message I'm writing to you like... And then so he walked down the 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 dewy hillside to yeah. his death or what like you know. Well, I mean like that uh Martino Cayenne graveyard clay was all uh dialogue. And there's a lot of books that are written that's just straight dialogue and there is no narration like so you don't have any of that. No mm-hmm. descriptions of places unless it comes from the characters. It would be something that would be a challenge it, to try. Yeah, yeah. But I think it would be fun. Probably I'd fail at it, but it'd be worth trying. So I think in the future I'm going to 
mess around with that. Like you said, though, about the time period, I would be the letter guy. Yeah. Like, I would like to write the letters. Uh, what made me think of this is I just submitted a story uh, to three different publications, and the story, I it was one of the old ones on the site. It was, like, about a, a woman who brought her kids to the beach, and she's pretty much, like, hooked to her phone and kind of forgets about them while they're playing in the water, and then looks up and realizes they're not there. It's like, yeah. oh, shit, do they drown? Like, what, you know. Yeah. Well, I went back and edited that story, for submissions and um, did a little rewriting on it. And I added, cause I had text messages in it, but since we uh, originally, I had that on DPW. So I was able to do it, not necessarily picture form, but you know, I did like the color of the mm. text, uh, like, you know, blue letters on the right and red on the left or whatever it is or whatever iPhones colors are. I don't fucking know. But anyway, I uh, did that. But in just like the submission, I used uh, not line breaks. I forget what the fuck they're called on Google docs. Uh, not a heading neither. It's just a line that goes across. So basically, I blocked them in mm. just the text messages, and I format them so like the one girl, the lady, hers are kind of in the middle, whereas the guy she's talking to is on the left. And like, it just I think it kind of looks neat. Like it looks neat on the uh, when you read it on the mobile. On the computer version, it's a little eh. But on the mobile version, I'll have to show you when we. I'll show you when we go on break here. Um, but on Google Docs, like just on the mobile version, I think it kind of looks cool. So I was thinking, like, I could probably write a story featuring like heavy text messages and stuff. Um, though, if, would I want to? Yeah. Because in my novel, I have a very brief, like maybe uh, it's near the beginning. There's a text exchange with emojis and stuff, and it's only a few lines. And obviously, I wrote that by hand, so it's a little different than how it would turn out. But I'm just like. I've seen it in modern books that I just flip through in the bookstore that have that on uh, its format in a specific way to look like text messages. To, if you're telling a whole story, you have to expand that to message boards and yeah, which could be good for like a crime if you're doing like a not necessarily like a true crime, but just like any kind of crime fiction you're writing, you can do a whole chat blog and just different things like that and then really break it up. And again, there's probably people already doing that that we just don't know about, but. I'm going to try to write one of those one day, but not anytime soon. And you already wrote 50 of those you just didn't tell me about. Yeah, they were, yeah. They were okay. And now we're going to go and space music and all that. And we'll oh. have a... You got a topic? Uh, real, real quick, I just I wanted to put out there that I've had a little bit of an actual reason to not get any writing done the past couple of days. Recently, my uh, my brother and his wife had their first, their first kid, a, a girl... Uh, Congratulations! Th- thank you. They uh, healthy, eight pounds. Olivia's her name, and so already kind of gave me an idea for a uh, for a story, like a little maybe something for like a submission. I think Ooh. would maybe be something cool for like a so not literary for, for yeah for like a for like a submission piece that uh, I don't think I've ever seen like anybody really kind of tackle before. So let's talk about that off here. Yeah. Uh, shout out baby Olivia for yep. being Spencer's muse, apparently. Yeah, maybe, cool. yeah. yeah. Which also made me think about maybe trying to write some younger, like, uh, YA-ish kind of stuff, just so whenever she gets a little bit older... Something she could read? Yeah. Well, that's why, I mean, we talked about this before, but I have toyed with the idea, especially after reading Graveyard, not Graveyard, um, the Graveyard book. I guess to a degree Coraline, but mainly the Graveyard book uh, by Neil Gaiman. I was just like, you know, it'd be really cool to write... Uh, a children's story that is, you know, kids could read, but isn't dumbed down for mm-hmm. kids. Or some, would, like something their parents could read to them. Yeah, that both of them would could enjoy. Yeah, 
Uh, I would like to maybe do that in the future because as I do get older and a little more sentimental, I also think, you know what? I would like kids to be able to read my books. Yeah. And as of now, they probably wouldn't be able to. But, <laughs> right. Um, I, uh, I would like to, I like to write more positive mm. things now than I did when I was well, a bit younger. That's what I was even thinking about on the drive here, giving her this shout out. I'd be like, it'd be nice. She can hear this in like 15 years when she's old enough to listen to one of our episodes. <laughs> When we're on episode 5001. Uh, so anyway, folks, we will check you in a few minutes. And I guess for them, it's like five seconds. Yeah. But for us, I got to look on the goddamn globe for it's your stupid probably going to be another 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are listening to the DPW Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Caleb James. With me today, Spencer, the Paraguay Possum Puncher Church. Mm, the possums were asking for it. Are there possums in Paraguay? Not anymore, there's not. And is that how you pronounce Paraguay? Uruguay is also a country. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right either, but that is unimportant. Like most of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Today's topic is brought to you by Spencer Church. Ah. This was your idea. You wanted to do, and you weren't very specific. No. You wanted to do a writer's roundtable, so to speak, but not have writers here, actually. No. It would be more like, uh, you know, they always have the, uh, if you could have a coffee with one writer, yeah. you know, dead or alive. So you had an idea of a top five writers. Yeah. Now, one, is this an actual roundtable where all the writers are there at the same time? Or yeah. is it just a one-on-one? Or does no. it not matter? Uh, well, the way I originally thought was it was like everybody there at once. It'd be it's like See, you and five writers. Well, I brought that up because that actually would change my top five. Yeah, I just went on me speaking with them one on one. Yeah, I could see how that could. Uh, but uh, because what we are doing here is a top five honorable mentions and dishonorable mentions. Uh, so when I get into my honorable mentions, I'll just name some of the people that would have been in my top mm. five if I'm doing a collective. Yeah. Because that does change the dynamic because, you know, I would want this author to talk to that yeah. author, like, you know, that kind of stuff. See, and this is what you got me. I couldn't really come up with any dishonorable mentions. Like, I couldn't really- You will th- agree with mine. I'm sure I, I, I came up with one. Um, oh. <laughs> oh, I could already, I think I know who that is. Maybe, maybe. Uh, so Mr. Spencer Church. I guess I could go first. Let me go first. Yeah, you go first. I'll go first because mine's probably pretty detailed. I'm trying to think. You going with di- dishonorable or dishonorable? No, I'm just gonna do my top five. Oh, we're doing top five first. And then we'll do honorable, honorable mentions. mentions. Okay. But then the dishonorable mentions. Just and that then, way I can explain because, like I said, with the roundtable discussion, yeah. I want to include. Okay. And change things up. But I think it would be fun if you tried to guess my top five. Okay. And I'll bring up my list. I, I would see the top five because I think the top five we might have. I was thinking of the dishonorable mentions is what I thought you were saying whenever, you know, agreed. I would agree with you. But uh, I, I'm interested, yeah, to see if there's like one or two that might we might have the same. All right. Well, see if you could guess my top five first, just offhand. Uh, offhand, I'm going to go Poe. Yes. Mirakami. Close. Close. He's in my honorable mentions. He actually was made the first draft, and then I moved him, switched him okay. for another Japanese writer. Um, the uh, the guy who did like the um, the um life for sale guy or uh, yep that guy yeah Yuki Mishima. And then I'm gonna go with for some reason I want to say Hunter Ain't. S. Thompson. Yes, that's <laughs> I, that's the one I thought you were not gonna get. Yes, he made my top. Gaiman. No Gaiman. No Gaiman. Should I know these other two? Yes, and they're dead. 
on the dead. Okay. Actually, it appears my top five are all dead now. I had some living ones, but I moved them out because I feel like with living ones, yeah, I we'll get into that in my honorable mentions. Uh, what's his face? The uh, Conan guy. Nope. No. No. Ah. Give up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, first, I just want to say that I am personally. This is my, and I'm sure you're not even going to have him on there. I'm personally excluding any writers from before 1800s. Okay. Just because I feel, you know, like Shakespeare, Cervantes, Milton. Um, That's a little too dead. Yeah, Dante. <laughs> I just, well, for one, if we're having a writer's roundtable and I'm there discussing with them, what do you talk? I, I don't yeah. know. And if yeah, I right. could even understand them, right. Dante, I wouldn't. It. Shakespeare would be difficult, just the English he used, but... I just, I wouldn't have, there would be, it would be too weird. That makes sense. Uh, maybe I'm being too logical on that one, but I just, I went more modern. Uh, my break point was the 1800s because I do feel like after the 1800s, people can, you know, we're, we're all writers. We can yeah. have imaginations. They, you know, Poe can imagine what the future yeah. might be like. He'd be disgusted, but he'd be, he can imagine it. All right. So my first one, which you did not get, probably be a surprise to you, James Joyce. Okay. My selection for James Joyce. You just want him to read his thought fiction letters to you. Yes. To see may- if, you, if you get the accent right. And maybe also Finnegan's Wake just because I want my mind blown. <laughs> I wonder, it, not so much his work actually, because I'm not actually a huge fan of what I've read of his so far. I'm separating the writing and the prose from the, from the actual story. Okay. I'm, I'm not a fan of his story so much. They're just kind of basic. Uh, if it was going stories, Martin O'Kyan, I find is way better with his uh, Irish stories. Uh, James Joyce, one I think I'd like to ask him like, about. What the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah, like I would like to ask him about like his more sesquipedalian prose and like how he crafted like a musicality to those long words and all those syllables. I would think that would be really interesting just to find out how he did that. That's if he talked to you that way. Well, he, I mean, he's the Irish lilt, so he probably would. There is a musicality to the Irish language. I think I got the other one. I think I got the other one. Well, let me finish Joyce, and we'll, you can guess. I think that would be really interesting just to find out how someone goes about writing something that has such rhythm and the almost like the writing's more, in, especially with Ulysses, the writing and the rhythms and the it's like it's almost music that's almost more important than the story because the story ulysses is like takes place in one day i mean it's kind of based on the odyssey like how the setup like the structure of it but i just think it would be really interesting to find out how somebody especially like how the fuck did you back before dictionaries were really i mean they were there but they couldn't have been that great like how did you know all these words how did you come up with all this shit what kind of research did you do and also i would uh he's a hard drinking man Hard drinking Irish man, so I, th- I feel like we'd be buddies there. Yeah, that'd be interesting. And one, what was your guess for my final? Hemingway. No. Oh. Uh, but that would have been interesting uh, because when I think about the round table, Hemingway would have been a good fit. Uh, also, I originally had Alan Moore in there because I was thinking round table, uh, not because I wanted to listen to Alan Moore because I could just take his class like yeah. I am. I don't have to talk to him to get information from him. But he was a huge, he was hugely inspired by Joyce, and I would love to see like. He could answer or ask the questions better than I can, you you, know? You would want him with you when you were talking to Joyce so you could maybe have a bit of a translator. Yeah, like, I think that would be really cool to have those guys talk. And it would be also just, like, watching these people Mm -hmm. interact would be really fun. Like I said, it's probably going to be a long episode, so I'm going to speed this up a little. Uh, Next, which I'm surprised you didn't get, Tolkien. Oh, yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And and for me, again, uh, the writing style, but more about his inventive language, Mm -hmm. 
his love for the English language and just languages in general, how he came to write his own, like that kind of stuff more than just the actual, like I'm not a Lord of the Rings fanboy that I'd be asking him all these questions about the Silmarillion and stuff. You, you don't want to ask him about the Hobbits? Be no, like, I don't, I don't care about any of that shit. Uh, I read them. I, I get it. But <laughs> I would like to just talk about like, you know, his, his, especially the way he, like, how do you create the Silmarillion? How do you create a history that doesn't exist? Yeah. So detailed that the reader would like, if civilization crashed, and aliens came down, and they picked up the Silmarillion. They, they would think it was... It's like, what the fuck? Where was this at? Yeah. Like, why can't we find the remains of this place? Next up, Edgar Allan Poe, as you guessed. Uh, I don't know what I would talk to Poe about exactly. One, I would... If, if like, we were able to bring them back from the dead, mm-hmm. I'd be like, hey, how'd you die, man? Yeah, like, right. what happened exactly? <laughs> like, I would want to know that. Now, Poe almost believe it or not, fell into my dishonorable mentions oh, just yeah. because he did seem kind of like a pompous butt munch that like just from what I gathered with his uh the way he treated other writers he mm. knew. But you don't know how it, there's not enough information to know if that's like just because uh, I have another one of my dishonorable mentions that falls into that category. I don't know if he would treat all writers like that or if it was just like, you know, he just had some critics he didn't like and it was a different time period. But I would like to talk to him just about his poetry and just his stories. And I don't know exactly what Poe could teach me. Also, like, how did you get such a crazy vocabulary? And why did, like, people... Well, he was before the Civil War. But I just want to be like, why did everyone during that time period, even if they seemed like they should be illiterate, could just write these masterful yeah. uh, letters to each other? It's, it's a little crazy. Even though that I know, like, um, it's been kind of, you know, hyped up. He wasn't as much of, like, the drunkard that they always kind of made him to be. Would you yeah. still kind of see how how much of a drinking you could you could uh, keep up with him? Or you wouldn't even want to try to go down that, that, that road? It could go two ways. One... I would destroy him because our booze is so much better quality mm-hmm. that he wouldn't be used to it. Or two, I'm wrong and their fucking booze was strong as shit. Yeah. And because they all they did was drink booze because the water was bad. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he was a stronger constitution for drinking. I don't know which way it falls, <laughs> honestly, because I would imagine like our gin is probably way better quality uh, and consistent proof than tw- 1920s bathtub gin. Could you imagine if you handed Poe a white claw? Yeah. <laughs> that that would be like, this water is delicious. <laughs> like, uh, next up, Yukio Mishima. Besides the fact that he was an avid bodybuilder, I would have that in common and talk about the yeah, fitness. Oh, well. and uh, But he was like really short, like 5'3", five, 5'2". Five, like, he was really short. So, And he was a closeted gay man, so that would be something we could bring up. I don't know if he'd like to talk about that. But I just, his passion for writing and his... Love of just art in general is really interesting to me. Um, he was like a big fan of those no plays, which I don't really understand. Uh, those are like those, are they the same as kabuki plays? I don't know. I don't even know if that's a thing. But they like wear the mask like mm. with the expressions and weird music. And you see him in old samurai movies. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? But his, because he was really right wing. Uh, I don't know what that would translate to politics in the U.S. now. I don't think it's the same at all. But he was like super pro-emperor, pro-samurai. Uh, but imagine talking to a man that, at least in his mind, held such honor that he would kill himself. Yeah, I mean. In a traditional sabuku guts out, head chopped off kind of way. Like If you're that passionate about uh, samurai honor... Whereas from modern lens, you'd be like, that's kind of like mental illness. But yeah. that's no different than like a lot of the religious fanaticism we yeah. see you know, in America. But I would really, I would want to talk to him about just like, you know, how does this, like, is this real passion? Or I, I just don't know, like, 
the mindset behind that? I can't really fathom being that passionate about something that you'd kill yourself and anything like that. He just seemed like a really interesting guy. Next up, Hunter S. Thompson. I don't think I really need to explain that choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His writing, I, I mean, I've only re- read the one book, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, but I just, it was excellent. And the, like, I really liked the writing style. And uh, he just was a really, really weird dude. And I'd probably bring Johnny Depp, too. Was like, yeah. Buddy, you know, you got to do that. But just like, I, dude, I just want to know what you think of America now. Oh, my God. Could you? Just I would th- love his, like, opinions on modern politics and society well, in general. Could you just imagine, uh, like, him being here for the last couple election election oh cycles, my goodness. man? It would be great. And no matter which way you lean, that would have been interesting. And because he died in the, I think, I want to say like 2006 or something. I don't know if he ever met Trump, but he knew Trump. Mm. He knew Joe Biden. Yeah. Like of anyway. Yeah. He knew, you know, all these presidents and all these people. Like it'd be really interesting to see like, oh His shit, take. that's where they went. You yeah. hired, you guys fucking hired the fucking reality TV guy to be a president. Like, Orange man. Yeah. The guy that was in Home Alone. <laughs> Home Alone 2 lost in New York. Uh, so that'd be just kind of interesting to get his take on like modern society. And, uh, if I was going that way too, even though you really don't count it as a writer, I mean, you still write, uh, I would bring George Carlin. Well, I just get, if I was to get opinions of modern society, Well, I guess we, um, I for, we forgot to mention in the beginning of it, whenever I said it was, I said we could be like, yeah, you didn't really set the parameters exactly. The, the writer of, of any, like anything, like, you know, movie. Yeah, so like a comedy writer. Yeah, uh, that would work. Yeah, because, I mean, if you really looked at it, Carlin's comedy could easily be translated to essays. Oh, yeah. So I would I would count that. Um, so I, even though he's not on my list as honorable mention, Carlin, honorable yes, mention, because that yes. would be like a great conversation yeah. just to have with that guy. Uh, just to get his opinions on things. So now here's my honorable mentions. Haruki Murakami. Mm-hmm. I didn't pick, I originally picked him, but then I took him off just for the fact that, one, I don't know if there's much I would gain from him because, you know, besides the fact that he's already written, I think, a book on writing uh, and has done interviews and just stuff like Stephen King is also on my list for the same reason. Every uh, thing I could probably gain from him, I can already get, you know, True. knowledge. And he's still alive, so it's not like yeah. I couldn't just meet the guy. Here's an interesting pick I toyed with Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Even though he's only actually written one book, he's written a thousand screenplays. Yeah. You know. His way of going into novel writing, though, and screenplays is very interesting because he's going with a cinematic lens. Mm. So he's thinking of how to tell a story that would translate to film, which is like why when I read Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it was really cool to see how he went from telling just a normal prose story to, well, that was in the movie, and I could kind of see, you could almost see him wanting to be like, then camera pans right. I mean, he doesn't, but I would love just to get his opinion on how he would write, you know, a a novel, and then how that novel can translate to a screenplay, Mm -hmm. screenplay to the movie, like how you go about that. Because I don't really know much about screenplays. Yeah. I've never written one, and I don't think I've ever really read any. So Once Upon a Time is the closest I got to a screenplay, but that was that was his novel version of the screenplay. Uh, next up, uh, Stephen King, I said. Uh, Neil Gaiman falls in the same category. I mean, he took his master class. I mean, what more am I going to... Yeah. Other than just wanting to talk to shoot the shit with him, uh, I don't know if there's anything I gained from him. Uh, Toni Morrison, that would be an interesting choice. I'm just not familiar enough with her work because I haven't read her stuff yet to... Be able to have a conversation. Well, that's why she didn't make my top five. I haven't read Beloved yet. Uh, she's one of those ones that's been on my list for a while. Just haven't gotten to. Um, but, you know, you got like a 
I think she won a Nobel Prize. I know she won the Pulitzer, but, you know, one of the most highly celebrated up until she died in, I think, 2019. Uh, she was considered one of the top, uh, one of the best of American writers, you know, alive. Now it's just Cormac McCarthy. Uh, next up, I have Robert E. Howard, you know, Conan. Yeah, yeah not really anything I could get from the guy. Just, you know, how'd you go move a Conan before? Yeah. Because it's easy now. But, oh, yeah, you just you wrote that guy because he's like Conan. No, back then there was no Conan. He made uh, his those characters. What I think would be interesting with that would be talking to him about having to write during that time period of like having magazines of yeah. having to get things out by a certain time and a certain quality and and, mm. and that kind of stuff I think would be an interesting conversation. Yeah, uh and I'll just I should have said this earlier. Broad statement, one of the few or first questions I'd probably want to talk to or ask and conversations I'd start up with these people is the writing process. Yeah. And the creative output and how they go about that stuff and even submissions and getting published. All that stuff is just broad across the board. So I don't have to name that every time. Next up, I have Langston Hughes. Uh, the Harlem Renaissance movement is really fascinating to me. And his, I have his poetry collection. It's so big. I haven't gotten through it. I've uh, read like quite a few and I really like his style. And I think he uh, just had a really interesting life. Uh, Ernest Hemingway. The problem with Ernest Hemingway is one, and he could almost fall in the dishonorable mentions just because he seemed like kind of an over-the-top douche. Mm. But depending on what period of his life, he seemed like an interesting guy. One of those, like, quiet, deep thinkers that when you talk to him with his bravado and machismo, he probably doesn't seem like he's that deep of a person. I'm just assuming, obviously. I have not seen any, like... I seen one interview of him when he was, like, brain damaged and old. Yeah. That doesn't count. You didn't get the, the interviews with him when he was a young man and stuff. But he was also a heavy drinking man and a partier, and him and Joyce together, obviously, you know, in the Lost Generation, Joyce would start fights and then have Hemingway come and, yeah. fight, you know, <laughs> take care of the guy. And I like boxing and stuff, too, and talking sports. And uh, he would be a fun guy to, I don't know if necessarily fun guy would be the right term, but he'd be somebody I would, would like to meet and talk to, but he wouldn't make my top five. And again, depending on what kind of a douche he might actually have been, he might have just dropped right down to that. Dishonorable mentions. It's just one of those people you don't know how they would be, you know? Yeah. Because uh, he's more of a myth and legend than he is uh, a human anymore. You're right. Uh, Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah. Sci-fi stories. He just had interesting ideas. Uh, very creative person. Uh, Martino Kyan. He would replace James Joyce uh, if it wasn't for the fact that he... I don't even know if he could speak English. Um, I'm sure he could, but he didn't. He only spoke Irish, and I don't know what I would uh, talk to that guy about. <laughs> yeah, because uh, he was like into the you know pro super pro Irish movement and get the English out and shit like that. Not my wheelhouse. I'm American boy. John Steinbeck. He uh, one of my favorite writers, but that'd be more just fanboying. Uh, I'm asking you now that you meant now that you said him, I will. Surprised he wasn't in the like in the five. Yeah, it was again. I'd just be more fanboy than anything. What am I gonna talk to the guy about? Uh, Mark Twain, just because he was so funny. Yeah, because he was like the the first stand up comic. I think that would be highly entertaining. Just talk to the guy. Uh, and then Alan Moore, as I mentioned earlier, with him, and he could be my translator mm. for for Joyce. Uh, dishonorable mentions. You might be surprised by these. They're not as long of a list. Number one, F. Scott Fitzgerald. Oh yeah. Now, I'm only going by what I've heard and also from reading A Movable Feast, but apparently he was kind of a rich, like a rich guy, pompous douchebag. Mm. Uh, and the way he treated people, like if you're like a waiter, he would not treat you respectfully. Oh, uh, yeah. One of those guys. And also, 
such a terrible speller that people thought he was like illiterate, <laughs> which is weird being, you know, reading The Great Gatsby and stuff. He just all around seemed like an individual I would hate. He was whiny. And this is going by Hemingway, so I don't know how much, you know, take this with a grain of salt, but in a movable feast, he described Fitzgerald as like, like there's a scene where he just keeps claiming he's sick when he's not, and he wanted to get him this thermostat. And this isn't fucking like some random shit town in Europe somewhere where and in the 20s when that wasn't a... You can't just yeah. go get a thermostat. I mean, a thermometer, not thermostat. I think they end up like trying to bring a rectal thermometer or something, <laughs> but uh, he's just like a whiny bitch, and it's just irritating. To uh, the next one, H.P. Lovecraft. Kind of a racist yeah. homebody. I don't know yeah. if I would... I'm sure he'd be interesting to talk to, but it'd be really awkward, I would imagine, like socially awkward. Uh, Dean Koontz, only because of the hair. That's <laughs> yeah. it. Nothing against the guy. I just don't like that bowl cut thing he's got going yeah. on. I, like, I couldn't look at him, you know? Uh, James Patterson, nothing really to do with the guy because I'd never read his stuff. It's just, I don't celebrate below mediocrity, you know? <laughs> like, I don't celebrate subpar writing that gets super popular and makes you a billion dollars. I just, I can't stomach that. It's like the same if I met one of these uh, pop singers that actually don't sing their stuff. Oh, like they yeah. have the auto-tune. They don't write any of their own music. They don't even write the lyrics. They're just basically a face, you know, the front, like the old Backstreet Boys type of shit. I don't like that kind of stuff. Uh, J.K. Rowling, because she just turned into a real shit heel. Yeah, she took a turn. Yeah, I uh, just, anything I hear about that woman, I just, I don't like. Uh, Jack Kerouac, he was a super alcoholic, and he was, you know, part of the beat movement and stuff, and he just seemed like, again, not a guy I would like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last on my list, and this isn't based on anything I really know too much about him uh, or his work, uh, Cormac McCarthy. Yeah. And that is just because he will not associate with other writers, and I just find that super douchey. Like, remember, he only talks to scientists, oh, and yeah. he will not have a conversation with another writer, and he's like elusive, and it's like, you know what? Suck it. Like, I don't... Yeah. I'm sorry. I just... That's not for me. I don't think I'd like to talk to that guy. I like his work, kind of. Uh, <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, you're up next. Should I guess right. yours? Uh, You can. Uh, They're probably not going to be... Because like I said, mine was a little bit more different. Mine was more of a... All around. All around. And, well, and if you got like comic that. book writers, I'm probably not going to guess them, but... Let no, me... those more. Uh, those are more in the uh, the honorable honorable. honorable Do you have a comic book strictly comic book writer in your top five? No, oh. very close. It was teetering with my my fifth. It was yeah. it was teetering teetering, but I. Neil Gaiman. Yes. Stephen King. Yes. Kurt Vonnegut. Yep. Kurt Vonnegut. Ooh, any classic writers on there? No. Okay. Who would the... I'm just like you. I'm you... stuck on those last two. You. Should be able to get one. The other one's kind of out of left field that I don't think you would think think of to have. I read yeah. either of these two. Yeah, the one the one that you should get. We, yeah, you you've read. We've t- we've talked about already. Not Steinbeck. No, Mirakami. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Because I think that would be weird. I think that would be interesting to have like the Stephen King and and, Mir- and the Mirakami like at the table. You know. Yeah. Give me a clue for the last one. Not really um, novels, uh, but writing in another medium. Writing in another medium? Yeah. Movies? Yeah. A movie writer? Yeah. Oh, Kevin Smith. Yeah. Okay. Because I, f- I figured that'd be an interesting 
group of people and and and, and a good conversation. See, you went in on the round table yeah. discussion of having them interact because when I settled on my top five, it was more about how my interaction yeah. with them versus all of them. You yeah, know, it's more. This is more of just like it's the five of us and like. With the six of us total, but it's more or less, I'm just kind of sitting there just yeah. soaking it in and enjoying everything. Because I figured, like, because you, so you got Stephen King, so you got, like, the horror, suspense, like, that kind of stuff. Well, just having him and Neil Gaiman and Haruki Murakami all talking about writing and stuff would be fucking great. It would be, it would be, it would be crazy. Vonnegut even. Yeah. With the sci-fi, and he was also very, like, he knew, like, you know, he was, he was, he's a pretty smart guy from what mm. I could understand. And then Kevin Smith would cover, like, the, the humor, and, and I don't think, like, I don't, people don't give him the credit that he deserves. As a writer. When, as, yeah, as a writer, because, like, other than, like, Cop Out, he's wrote, like, all of his, you know, all of his movies and stuff like that. He's done really good comic book work. And you know what I like about Kevin Smith? His work isn't really derivative of other things too much. Yeah. I mean, everything's derivative, but think about, like, Clerks. That's his original 100% yeah. story. Like, before that came out, I don't remember anything about, like, close to that, really. No. Take a tusk. Yeah. That's not derivative of anything. These things could be inspired by other things, but they're not really set on, you know, versus Stephen King. Like, a lot of his stuff is derived from uh, his favorite pulp writers. Yeah. Uh, Neil Gaiman, it's all mythology stuff, for the most part, that he really uh, liked growing up. And then Mirakami, he's he's more along the lines of not necessarily being derivative, but I'm not fluent enough in Japanese culture from when he... Post World War II, when he mm. grew up, I don't know what he would have been reading. True, yeah, that would have inspired him, and you know, maybe caused him to come up with some of these ideas. So I can't say for sure uh, on him. I just know just from the little bit that I've read from him, and from what you've from what you've told me, um, I just think to like the just like the, the ideas and the way he writes and does thing, I think would be inter- like an interesting conversation to have. Yeah, so like I said, that's uh, that's the the top five, pretty you know. Um, Basic. If you if you if you if you know me, none of those names yeah. should really really surprise you too much. Honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Benjamin Percy. He's a comic guy, but he's also I've been getting into his novels this past couple of years. Um, you hear more about that whenever we do our. Uh, he did like with the Ninth Gate. Uh, ninth Metal. Ninth Metal. And uh, Unforgetting Garden. But uh, we'll get more into those whenever here in a couple of weeks when we get to our what we've read for the year and stuff like that. This one's a little bit of a of a could you could say a bit of a a homer pick, but um, a good friend Nicholas Obergon, especially with you know in the uh, we've talked to him, but we never actually got a chance to meet the man in person. In person, and I think he'd be to have a meal with him. Well, and, he's a cosmopolite. He's always yeah. around every fucking where. <laughs> yeah. I don't ever know what country the guy's in at any given time. Uh, I would also like to hang out with him, which he's always said if we're ever in. Around each other, let's go to the bar, you know, let's yeah. go to the pub. And I'm like, yes, sir. If I ever go to Spain, I'm going to meet up with you. Right. So this was my uh, my comic book that almost made it into my, and it was originally in my top five until a Mirakami popped into my head. And it's it's, it's kind of a little bit of a cheat because it kind of has to be two people, um, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Because like Stanley kind of came up with some of the ideas, but like Jack Kirby was the real idea. Yeah, he was the he did a lot of the the legwork and and stuff like that. You know, those guys pretty much created these new modern myths. You know, yeah. at least from the '60s. You know, with all the with all the Marvel characters and stuff. And 
So I just think it, and again, like I said, with them talking with everybody else, I think that would have been a cool, you know, conversation to have. And just also to just, you know, personal heroes, it'd be, you know, be cool to, cool, cool to meet them. Jeff Lemire, just for the simple fact. I was going to name him at first, but I figured probably not just because you said no comic guys, like strictly comic guys. Uh, Just because of, there's been, there hasn't been really a thing that of him that I read that I haven't enjoyed. No, everything he writes is really good. Really good. It's it, it almost good, almost too good that it makes you mad. He's one Some, of those guys I'm really mad hasn't written a novel. Yeah, that would Just be. I would love to see his prose style. Yeah, that yeah, that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, H.G. Wells. I was thinking if you're gonna have a classic guy, it'd probably be Wells. Yeah. Just because I, I think it would be interesting to talk to him and to talk about what trying to come up with science fiction back then like what like for any ideas yeah like up. like coming up with ideas like what and who, who is inspiration like he's probably like jules verne or something yeah whose inspirations were and then to then it, to, to to you know to bring him back and then to have this conversation just just to kind of see where he was kind of close to being right and where he was like you know what i mean and just to get his his takes on on, on that kind of stuff i think would be uh pretty interesting and then my last honorable mention uh bram stoker I think would be kind of interesting. I've only I've only read Dracula, but I'm sure if that would if somehow that would happen, I'd probably try to brush up on some other things that the man yeah you know did. But I think again to um you know another guy who kind of st- not started a genre, but at least like put his mark on mm. a certain kind and, and came up with a thing. You know, I think would be kind of kind of interesting to talk to you know talk to him about. You know, when I was talking about like how I would discuss like the writing styles with Joyce and stuff, I think Melville would be another good one. Because mm. uh, whereas I wasn't a huge fan of Moby Dick, the actual story parts, <laughs> not the whale shit, but just like the writing of the story, like they were all different. Like each chapter was different and unique, and that stuff really is cool. I'd like to, you know, that'd be cool to talk to that guy. Uh, what about dishonorable mentions? Uh, dishonorable mentions, I got H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, like you, because again. You know, just the questionable history, and I know like you'd be like, oh, well, what about you know the the Conan guy? He was kind of you know you could say kind of like that, but like I, I enjoyed reading Conan. I love yeah. H.P. Lovecraft stuff. I'm just kind of like, okay, like I get it, I get it. Like you know what? During the I was watching a recent. Ooh, I got to show you that Alan Moore rapping, by the way. Oh yes, you do. Uh, on the one Maestro class, though, he brings up H.P. Lovecraft. I think he was talking about style or language or something or other. But he said, and I think it was came from Michael Moorcock, maybe, that H.P. Lovecraft, I'm going to have to really paraphrase here because I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was something along the lines of he would always over-describe the indescribable. Yeah. Something like that. It's like, how do you do that? But then when Alan Moore actually broke it down, because that's our biggest complaint, it's like, why do you have so many goddamn adjectives and stuff describing something that isn't describable? And then Alan Moore actually opened my eyes, something I, I can't believe I missed this the whole time. He did that on purpose. He would have all the oh, it's got tentacles and eyeballs in its waist and so two you can heads. Picture it? Yeah, he over described it so you cannot picture. Like it just gets muddled in your mind and it doesn't make sense to you, and that's why it's indescribable because he described it so detailed, but none of them like it's all contrasting. It doesn't, it doesn't match. Yeah, like the juxtaposition of just like one arm's a tentacle and the other arm's a claw. It's just mm. weird shit. You just cannot figure it out. So that. 
does make it uh they once you know it's purposeful not just him being a fucking you know openly verbose writer uh it makes for a better read i would think maybe not i mean it may, it just, it makes more sense i don't think it helps with any of the actual reading i just think it makes like i see what you're doing but i still don't enjoy it <laughs> Cormac mccarthy would now what are your reasons just the ones i said or pretty much like i was actually kind of surprised that he was on yours because you read other things other than blood that i liked yeah mine was specifically the man himself yes. and not his work yeah uh which I guess you could say for H.P. Lovecraft too, because I liked H.P. Lovecraft more than you did. It's not that so much that I like I hate the guy, because I do want to get back to reading some more of his stuff. It was just it's that thing where I talk about like it's almost like it's homework. Yeah, I think that's not my you, you know, know what Lovecraft was for that uh, the cosmic horror genre and the creature feature genre. He was the first Model T Ford. Yeah, he was like okay, this exists now. It's not fun to drive. It's not very good. <laughs> But we can approve upon yeah, it we, it's because the, he invented it. It's the the building blocks. It's yeah. the cornerstone. Like somebody has to be the. I'm sure the first light bulb sucked ass. Yeah, but somebody <laughs> has to work and fix that. Uh, but you need the original wheel before you can, you know, have yeah. tires and everything else. So like that's very interesting that uh, he was able to do that. But reading his work is just like a chore more than it is enjoyable for the most part. I think this this is this is another one out of left field for uh, just on honorable Hitler. Are you just saying that because Kanye West came out today and said he liked Hitler? No, I didn't see I, did that. Did you see I posted it? I, no, I did not see that. On Alex Jones' show. And Alex oh, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that was... Uh, I didn't realize he had that the was, mask on? Yeah, I didn't realize that was... Um, Maybe that was that was Kanye. No, I'm just. Well, there's just, another clip I saw where he goes on talking about how great Hitler was and all this shit. I was like, what the fuck? But yeah, Alex Jones said like something about Nazis are bad, and mm-hmm. then like right before it cuts out, Kanye West is just like, I like Hitler. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, I didn't realize that was Kanye West. I no, I was just just because he wrote like Mein Kampf and he just he just didn't like Mein Kampf. Well, and then he just, <laughs> <laughs> he just did he, you think the prose was bad? Yeah, yeah, nothing. Too much yelling. Too none, many exclamation points. None, none, none of his politics or anything. <laughs> He's just just a shitty writer and painter. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I could probably think of some other ones. You know what? Uh, what I surprised didn't make your dishonorable mentions is um. Infinite Jest guy, um, David Foster Fox. Wallace. Yeah, you know what? He probably could because after learning about how he treated women and stuff, that also takes the personal. Because ad- before it was just like I'm not a huge fan of his writing, but I don't know anything about him personally, so I can't really judge. But now, when I know that he was like a fucking abusive asshole and mm. controlling, uh, then maybe then he really does it. I would dishonorable mention. Yeah, David Foster Wallace. Also, why you write like that, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I think he only had one story that I really, really felt deeply about, and it was only two pages, and it wasn't anything like anything else in that collection. Uh, so everything else, I was just like, God damn it, this is work. I appreciate what he did. I just don't like it. Yeah. Uh, just going by his writing. But he also wrote about things I have no interest in. Right. I don't care about marketing, ad execs, yuppies, tennis golf i don't like any of the stuff he talked about like fucking blue or white collar white guy stuff like i don't rich white guy stuff i don't like that stuff so no yeah, more on your yeah i know that that pretty much sums up the uh the list uh anybody you might have forgot on your honorable mention i mean again that i'm sure i could probably pull some people but i'm still kind of like broadening out my like 
actual like novel you, you know yeah. these past two years have been more i've been more like branching out but even though still it's like i branched out to like these other people but i want to read all their stuff before like you know what i mean yeah. it's uh yeah i'm sure there could be some you know somebody else or a couple other people i could think of um i was almost thinking about throwing in uh Toriyama, uh, I forget how you say his first name, but the Dragon Dragon Ball creator. Yeah. Just because, again, just another, you know, franchise and story that, you know, I grew up loving and enjoying, you know, and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't throw that one in there. But Oh, another honorable mention uh, for me, Suzuki Natsume. I, I, everything I've read of his I really like, but because uh, he was Meiji period. I think he died in 1918, mm. somewhere around there. But uh, I really like his work. Just the only thing, honestly, he could be interchangeable with Yuki Mishima, in my opinion. Not that the work is similar, but just that Japanese aesthetic is close, you yeah. know? And also, with him, because he was more of a traditionalist with his writing style, because during the Meiji period, the West was just starting to yeah. get, you know, wiggle its way into Japan. I was, I was, I was to think of a nicer way to say I was, was going to say evade, but yeah. I was like, I don't, that might not be the right word to use. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so the West started getting its dirty myths into the Japanese culture around his time period. So you do get a lot of like th- stories set where it's like the themes are not about a Western invasion, but just about like, like losing Japanese culture, so to speak. Like, but well, you like last samurais and things he, like that, yeah, Ronins and things. But Suzuki, he like Natsume Suzuki's work. He was um, I always get it because it's I think it's back when he was around. It's always last name, so it's Natsume Suzuki. Yeah. But then like people now call him Suzuki Natsume, which always throws me off because like I think Mirakami is Mirakami Haruki actually. Uh, like, I don't, I never understood that. I don't know what. You know, they always they do their sure name first. Um, but anyway, his work is at that period where it's just kind of a... You get hints of that about, like, the Western culture and stuff, but they aren't necessarily uh, stories where they're... I'm trying to think of the word. Like they're, they're not pushing away the Western culture, but they're not necessarily accepting it. It's just like that curiosity phase where it's like, what is this? This is something new. So a lot of them would test out the waters and wear suits, and uh, some women still had the kimonos, but then like some women wanted to wear Western dresses, just things like that. But then when you get to Yukio Mishima, he's super pro-emperor, pro-samurai, fuck the West, even though he dressed in Western clothes and wrote in kind of a Western aesthetic. And also, like, when I'm saying the West, I'm not talking about just, like, the U.S. and even England. Like, Russia mm-hmm. is a big influence on Japan. More so than probably, like, Russia and French, I think, more so than English at the time period. But Yukio Mishima, he, his work is always the themes of pushing back against the West and identity of Japan, be strong with you, like, that kind of stuff. Like I said, they could be interchangeable in my opinion just because I, like, the, both of their works probably like Nat, Natsume Suzuki's more actually because it's more positive whereas Yukio Mishima the stuff I've read a lot of it's very down yeah sad suicide suicide is a big thing in his life uh, obviously yeah obviously you know whereas Suzuki he had a, I am a cat just a story a whole novel about being a cat and the view of the world from a cat's perspective so yeah that's our our table of discussion uh, ooh, you know it'd be real fun to end this on. What's that? It'll be difficult for probably both of us, maybe, especially you. Oh yeah. What would you talk to my five about? Your five. So James Joyce. 
not knowing anything about really James Joyce, oh. but his fart fiction, his fart letters, and his uh, stuff like that. Finnegan's Wake. It would just, I just be like, why you gotta talk? Why you gotta write like that? <laughs> uh, Tolkien. Tolkien, I think, could be interesting uh, without reading in without reading the Lord of the Rings. But I think I, I would still like to talk about like the um like the ward building and you know then like you said like like the language just the the whole kind of creating this the, you know basically a genre more yeah. or less from whole cloth. Uh, Edgar Allan Poe. I would like to see um how close he is to like. You know, like the stories because they're always kind of dour and like robed and like. But I would also like because like um, you know, he said he did the first detective, you know, yeah. story. So he invented the detective pretty much. So that would be interesting. I would like. I would. I would like to talk to you about. It would be about weird that. to see. Like, is this guy really as morose as he appears in his work? Yeah, probably not. I don't think most people ref- are a direct reflection of their work. Yeah, uh, Yukio Mishima. Hmm, I don't know. Like, I feel like I would be just worried about offending him. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Hunter S. Thompson. Oh, man. I just, just tell me some story. Just go. Just go. (laughs) Just go. Rant on a topic. Yeah, just go and I'll, and just let me know whenever. I just give me the bag of drugs (laughs) that you're going to be taking during the thing and just let me know when you need a new one. And I'll go. One important detail we overlooked we did not discuss. The age of the author when we're, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> we're talking to him. Because are we talking about Hunter S. Thompson in the later years? Mm. Are we talking about him in the seventies? Because that's vastly different. Yeah, true. Versus some people like a Neil Gaiman. Other than experience, it's probably not going to vary too much. But Hunter S. Thompson, like, that's a lot different talking to a twenty-two-year-old Hunter S. Thompson versus a fucking fifty-two-year-old. Well, that'd be like with Stephen King. I would want a little bit of an older Stephen King because I want to hear about like the Coke stories yeah. and the coo- like writing Kudro on a. On See, a when we mentioned the lot, the living authors, I'm like me. You probably assume just how they are now. Yeah, just now, but yeah. which, I mean, you could pick any time period in their life. I would be also interested if you could kind of go through their life and just be like, I would like to talk to Haruki Murakami. When he was writing his first novel, before he True. had nobody knew who he was, and he didn't have any uh, experience in writing, or Neil Gaiman when he's trying to break into the business, or Stephen King when he was getting rejected a million times, yeah. And then I was like coked up Stephen King in the eighties, and I, you know, you could just go through, you know, decades of their lives would be really cool to talk to him because everybody they changes so much for the mm-hmm. most part. Except for H.P. Lovecraft, I feel like that guy never. No, well, he wasn't around long enough really to change. Mm-mm. Wasn't it like wasn't it like his thirties that he that he ended up dying from that whatever that cancer stomach cancer I think yeah uh most of those guys died early uh he I think he outlived oh, I know he outlived Robert E Howard that's he, only because he killed himself yeah like thirty three or something or thirty like he was really young Fitzgerald died young I think forty two maybe yeah that's depressing so anyway is that it is that all we got I think I think so. All right, folks, because Spencer wants to hear Alan Moore rapping really bad. <laughs> yes, I do. Oh, it's so awkward. <laughs> and I'm not giving the fans any like Buy the maestro class if you want to know why he raps. Because he, uh, he says he invented gangster rap and then proves it. <laughs> In the 70s, he invented gangster rap, apparently. Uh, if you want to check out our stuff on social media, is that it? That's the only really thing we got, right? At DPW Podcast. At, also, I changed the YouTube now, too, finally. So, at YouTube... At DBW Podcast, at YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Also, surprise announcement, Spencer. 
because we've been getting a lot more interest recently for some reason. Oh, <laughs> yeah, now that it's, everything's gone. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering if maybe we just let the podcast ride next year. Just keep it going. Maybe. We'll discuss. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, folks, thank you for listening. Spencer's OnlyFans. Uh, I got to say it again. The Paraguay. I'm changing it. Possum puncher. No, you were the possum puncher. I want to change it to penguin puncher. Penguin puncher. Penguins are so cute. Yeah, that makes it rough. Because possums. But I like possums more because they're. No, the possums got like the shell though, right? So they don't. No, you're thinking of armadillo. Oh, yes, I am. Then you could be the uh, Alaskan armadillo. There's no fucking armadillos in Alaska. I can't think of a place in Texas that starts with an A. Austin. Austin armadillo (laughs) assaulter. Fuck. (laughs) So easy. Anyway, thank you for listening. We will check you next time.